Well, that, my friends, is an incredible movie, and if you would like to expand your understanding of God a little, perhaps widen or broaden that understanding, then this metaphoric picture is something that's going to help you do that. It takes us on a journey to discover the incredible dimensions of our great God. Five o'clock tonight, if you haven't seen it, please come. We need to pack this place out. It's incredible, beautiful message. Well, good morning. My name is Amanda. Tell you just a little bit about me to get started, okay? I'm the only daughter in a family of three. I'm the youngest of those three daughters, and that means, of course, I am the favourite. I am spoiled, and I'm actually going to claim it. Are there any other babies in the room? A few? Well, I'm not going to sink under that anymore. I'm not going to feel guilty about it anymore. I'm going to claim it for what it is, and I am going to cash in on it with my brothers whenever the opportunity presents itself. I am now the mother of three adult children. I've been married for 28 years. I'm the mother-in-law to one daughter, and my greatest and latest achievement, it's mine, you'll see this in a minute, is I am now the mama to our very first grandson, Solomon, who is now 16 months old, and it is a joy to be a grandma. I'm also finding myself in a situation at this time of my life, um, alongside of my brothers, where we are navigating the very, very fine line of still being our mother's child and children, but also finding ourselves in a situation where we need to support and nurture her at this time in her life. She's done that all of her life for us. And this season of my life, in doing that for her, has been and is actually the greatest challenge of my life. I want to say that. But it's actually a really great privilege and it's a great honour to be able to do that for her. She is our mother and that will never, ever, ever change. You know, when my daughter-in-law first came on the scene as one of our new family members, um, we were celebrating a Mother's Day. Bronte, as our daughter-in-law, and she began explaining to us as our family celebrated Mother's Day that they too celebrated Mother's Day, but they in fact celebrated something called Mother's Heart Day. Now, we had never heard of this, okay? So Bronte explained to us what this meant. It actually meant that they celebrated mum, but each girl child in the family was also celebrated and acknowledged for being a girl. The explanation that came with it was that they were celebrated because the girl within them had the capacity to become a mother, to have a mother's heart. Now, you would think that's a beautiful thing, right? Yeah? Anyone think that's a beautiful thing? Well, I thought it was kind of a beautiful thing, but turns out our family, well, we didn't really quite know how to respond to that. In fact, we may have made fun of Bronte and her story. Um, I think what we thought was that there was a whole heap of girl children trying to claim a day that wasn't actually their own. And they were trying to claim it for all the benefits it supposedly brings, right, mums? Breakfast in bed, you know, gifts, chocolates, flowers, no cleaning, no cooking. So we stirred her a little bit, 
Um, we've made fun of her just a little bit. In fact, we still continue to do that. And that took place just last Tuesday at family dinner night when I bought this up and it stirred up a whole new conversation around whether it's a true thing or not. But I actually think it is actually a very, very beautiful thing that parents would say to their girl children and their boys, don't feel left out, it happened on Father's Day as well, that God created them with the capacity of mothering, of fathering and giving you a mother's heart. And in preparing to speak with you today, I actually was finding it really difficult to just simply stand up here and pronounce the words, Happy Mother's Day. Because for some of us, it is a very, very great struggle. You see, some of us haven't heard the voice of our mum for some time now because she's no longer with us. In fact, just yesterday, I had some very dear friends and I think there's some other people within this church family this morning that lost a mother, that lost a wife, lost a friend. Some of us are mums who didn't get to hear the voice of our child because it was taken too soon from us. Others of us in this room are aching desperately, longing to become a mother. And like me, perhaps you are still very grateful that you have the opportunity to hear your mother's physical voice but sadly, it's no longer spoken with familiar tones and memories of the past because it's been stolen from disease or illness or dementia. A day, simply, simply put aside to genuinely and lovingly acknowledge mothers is quite the minefield. So I say to you here today, happy Mother's Day to all of us who are privileged enough to be a mum. May we never, never take that for granted. It is a great blessing. And a sincere happy Mother's Heart Day with no towns joking and no cynicism whatsoever to every woman, young and older here with us this morning. God created each of you with the heart of a mother. And that can be expressed in a myriad of different ways to a myriad of different people. Our paths will differ. They are sure to. But each path comes with its very own challenges. So let's be women who are committed to supporting and encouraging each other, okay? Full stop, no comparison and no competition. Happy Mother's Heart Day, everyone. I want to talk to you today on the topic of two sweet voices. You know, we are currently surrounded by voices. They are everywhere. It doesn't matter where we go, they are a part of our ordinary, everyday type of life. We use our voice. We have a physical voice, we have an internal voice, and we have a thinking type of voice. We also listen, well I hope you do, to the voices of others in our lives. These are physical sounds that we hear, okay? We hear voices 
face-to-face. We hear them via phone, text, email, social media, TV, newspapers, radio. The list goes on. It is constant, it's continual, and it's loud. But it seems we can't escape voices. We also now have to navigate other influential voices in our lives computer-generated voices, and that's a whole other world. Take Siri. She's the iPhone voice. You can ask Siri anything, and she will tell you. You just give her a try. Ask her the weather forecast, and she will tell you. Ask her for directions, and she will tell you. Ask her what to cook for dinner tonight. I've done that. And she politely responds like this. Let's have a look-see. And then she checks for recipes. It's very cool. Even some of our cars these days, if you're lucky enough, will have an inbuilt navigation system, a GPS. They speak. Okay, you enter your destination and it guides you there by its voice. It will say, turn left, veer to the right, take the exit, and the third exit on the roundabout. I'm not sure if you're familiar, however, that most of these computer-generated voices are female. And despite what many men here today might think, it's scientifically proven that female voices are more calming, they're more comforting, and they're more pleasing on the ear. (laughs) I know, it's true. Now, you may not know, however, that back in the late 1990s, BMW in Germany was forced, they were forced to recall their female voice navigation systems in their five series cars. Why? You guessed it, because they were flooded with calls from German men simply saying that they would not take directions from a woman. You can Google it, it's true. Today, I'm only focusing on two voices, two of the sweetest voices. You know, having a voice is precious. Having the opportunity to speak is quite amazing. Some people don't have that opportunity. Speaking into the lives of people around us and sharing words of wonder and encouragement and appreciation is quite a privilege. And having someone else use their words to speak those very same feelings into our life is quite beautiful. Our first sweet voice today is that of a mother, of course. A mother's voice is sweet, pleasing to the ear, delicate, pleasant, fragrant. You know, a baby first hears its mother's voice in utero, and by around the seventh or eighth month, a baby's heart rate will slow down whenever it hears its mother's voice. This is indicating to us that the mother's voice has a calming effect on the child. There are now further studies actually proving that not only is a mother's voice calming to her unborn child, but there are enormous benefits for older children, in fact, adults, just from simply hearing our mother's voice. 
That sweet voice releases oxytocin in our brains, causing a sense of calm, a sense of reduced stress, and decreased feelings of depression. So when we're done this morning, if you're able, go home, if you haven't done it already, call your mother, okay? Call her if you can't speak to her. It's good for her, but it's great for you. A mother's voice creates a rhythm. It's a melody of life. That rhythm creates momentum and familiarity. It offers compassion, love, and a sense of home. There's a beautiful verse in Proverbs 18.4. A person's words can be life-giving water. Words of true wisdom are as refreshing to the soul as a babbling brook. In Luke 6.45, it says this, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What our heart is full of is what we speak. I wonder what your heart is full of today. I encourage us to be mums who speak words that give life and that those words come from an overflowing heart. But let's be clear, sweet does not mean soft. Within it, a mother's voice is not only sweet, it is influence and it is authority. It holds the ability to calm, reassure and love. It's safe, secure, accepting and nurturing. It is also directional, corrective, and disciplinary. But this sweet voice of our mother expresses an unconditional love that quite beautifully never ceases, no matter what. Now for some of us here today, what I am describing may not be your reality, but please don't tune out. I believe a mother's voice should be all of those things to her children. And whilst this may not have been your reality, my guess is that it's what you longed for. You now have the very great privilege, a great challenge, but a very great privilege of breaking that cycle and creating a new way forward for you and your children. In fact, all children, everywhere. My prayer is that you would choose to do that and this church, this family of people are here to help you and we have many ways of doing that. This sweet voice of our mum isn't just a physical voice. Many times a mum, you might know, does not even need to speak to assert her sweet voice because her voice is written all over her face. Her expression alone can often speak louder than words. That look in her eye, some of us remember it very well, can often help us change behavior on a dime. Just give me the look, I know to change. And let's not forget that there are many things and many words a mother often thinks but never feels the need to speak. And these words are composed in her mind 
delightfully spoken in her soul and lovingly treasured in her heart for always. What about that sense a mum can feel deep within her? That sense that something is wrong, that something is unsettling. That's not a physical voice, right? It's a stirring, it's a haunting type of voice. Some call it coincidence. Others will call it women's intuition. I've just had a really simple explanation. I just think it's the voice of God that's within us. The gift of mothering can also overflow into mothering other children. I don't know if it's right or wrong. Sometimes it might feel strange. But if you're like me, you tend to adopt extra children, not in the legal sense, but in the loving sense. Our children's friends become part of our family and they entwine themselves into our lives. And in that case, my mother's heart gathered them under my wings, whether they knew it or not, or even wanted it or not. And I affectionately called them our adopted children. One of those children is currently living with us and it's an absolute joy. You know, when our children are young, quite young, we're very aware that they cherish our voice. It's actually quite priceless. When those children grow older just a little bit, we, we kind of start to realise they're not cherishing our voice quite as much. And as they become teenagers, well, it often feels like they don't really cherish it at all. But even in those times, in fact, I believe most importantly in those times, our voice is still the one that our children long to hear. They long for our sweet voice of assurance and unconditional love. In spite of what we feel and surprisingly in spite of what they think they feel, the sweet voice of a mother is what children and adults alike long to hear. Whether it be in times of joy and celebration or in times of trouble and deep sorrow. When it comes to speaking about mothers and children, it's really important to remember that in this relationship, we are the parents. You and I, we're the parents. Mums and dads here today, let me say this. You are doing an incredible work raising your children. It is not easy. I want to encourage you to keep going in that journey. Spend time with your children. Treasure it. Make room for it. Laugh with them. Not always at somebody else's, you know, mother's heart day, but laugh with them. Create joy in their life and love wholeheartedly. And never, never, never as parents be scared to ask for help should you need that. We are here to help you. We can offer that help. Our voice as mums is life-giving. And we have the ability to love, always. Our mother's sweet voice offers compassion, love, and it will always offer a sense of home to our children.
The second sweet voice this morning is that of a father. More specifically, our heavenly father or our parent God. And it might be surprising for you to think of the sweet voice of our heavenly father as similar to that of a mother. God, of course, doesn't really have a physical voice, so in fact, it might actually be difficult for you to think that he would speak to us at all based on that very fact. But just as a mother, just as I can speak to my children through unspoken words, so it is with our God. His voice is more of a spiritual type of voice an internal type of voice. It's a heartfelt whisper or a deep sense of well-being. It's an unexplained knowing of profound desire which resonates in the very, very depths of our being. And it's a sense of unexplained peace in difficult times. And you know what? Many of us never assert its strength or its volume in our lives. So often we never fully trust his voice because we don't give it the permission it requires to speak into our lives and to change us. Instead, we continue to long for things in our life. You know, things at the end of the day, only God can give us. You see, you and I, we long for true purpose, for unconditional love and acceptance, for a sense of well-being. We want to feel confident in our own skin, And we long to feel free of guilt and shame and of being held captive to our past. When it comes to speaking about our Heavenly Father, our parent God, it's really important that we don't confuse the situation here. In this relationship, God is now the parent and we are the child. This makes us a child of God. How do I become a child of God? Well, that's a really good question to ask. How do I become a child of God so that I can hear his sweet voice in my life? Well, I'm glad you asked, and I'm really glad that John in the New Testament of the Bible has an answer for us. He writes, to all who believed, to all who believed him, being God, and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. What John is telling us here is that when we become a child of God, we become a child of God when we believe he is the God and creator of the universe and everything in it, which includes you and me. And we then can trust him with who we are, with all that we have, and all that we are becoming as people. When we believe he is God and trust him with who we are, 
We are given the authority to call ourselves children of God. And just like me, and I adopt these extra children into our family, God adopts each one of us into his family if we do that. The God of the universe swiftly gathers us under his wings and he affectionately calls us his child. His beloved child. Just as our children grow and forget to cherish our sweet voice, so it seems can happen to us as we grow. You know, some of us have been a child of God now for some time, but perhaps we've forgotten to cherish his voice. Perhaps we've forgotten to understand the benefit of his voice. We've lost the value of listening to his sweet voice in our life. Maybe we once did, but maybe we've actually forgotten to be listening for it at all. And maybe we're not cherishing it at all. For others of us here this morning, perhaps this whole idea of being a child of God is actually just a very, very new one. So picture this with me. A child, in this case you and me, longing desperately to be accepted and nurtured and offered unconditional love. We can actually become a child of God and live with the promise of an eternity in heaven with God. If you've not yet considered that seeking God as a priority voice in your life or becoming one of his children or his beloved children, if you've never considered that, perhaps the time is now. I've been spending some time listening to other people. It's a favourite pastime of mine. It's not that I really kind of stalk people, but I love listening. It's a part of learning. And a lot of conversations I've observed about parents having conversations with other parents is them questioning why it is that their children just never seem to listen to them anymore. What's happening here is parents are feeling unheard and they feel like their voice of influence and authority in their children's life is not wanted, not needed. In those moments, the questions being asked by parents go something along the lines like this. Why do our teens seem to ignore us? We really only want to speak words of truth and life into their life. You see, in situations like that, the sweetness of our voice of being a parent seems to be lost. Why do they find it so hard to listen to us? I mean, we're the ones who love them the most, right? The sweetness of our voice seems lost. Why, oh why, do they ignore the boundaries that I have put in place to simply protect them? The sweetness of our voice seems lost. 
Why do they not believe in themselves the way that I do? The sweetness seems lost. They're all really relevant questions to ask when they concern our children, right? Great questions. But those questions got me thinking. And I imagined what sort of questions God might be asking about me. I can just picture him with his God goggles on, looking at me differently as God. Remember in this relationship, God being the parent and I am the child? And I realized there was something really similar going on with this set of questions. I pictured him saying this. Why does Amanda seem to ignore me? She doesn't seem to want to hear what I have to say to her, which is only truth and life. The sweetness of his voice is lost on me. Why does she find it so hard to listen to me? I mean, I'm the one who created her and I'm the one who loves her the most. The sweetness of his voice seems lost. Why does Amanda, now feel free, insert your name any time now, why does she ignore my boundaries? I've only put them in place to protect her. You see, the sweetness of his voice is lost. Why doesn't she believe in herself the way that I do? I know she is capable of so much more. The sweetness of his voice is lost. Like our children seem to lose the sweetness of our voice, so it is with us. We too seem to lose the sweetness of God's voice. Just as we yearn for our children to listen to our sweet voice in their lives, our Heavenly Father, our parent God, longs for the very same thing of each of us. And the only way that this can happen is if we have the very, very same parent-child relationship. God being the parent and me his child. God being the parent and you being his child. My prayer is that your voice will always remain sweet towards your children and that you would always seek to listen to the sweet voice of our God. Listening to the sweet voice of God will ensure us this, that we will step into our true purpose, that we will experience his unconditional love and acceptance, we'll have renewed feelings of our well-being, we will feel confident in our own skin, and we will live a life of freedom free of any guilt and shame and anything that we feel captive to in our past. May we never ever lose that sweetness. And I'll close with this. A mother's voice is life-giving. It's life-giving. 
And it has the ability to love always. A mother's sweet voice offers compassion, it offers love, and it offers a sense of home. And may we never forget, God's sweet voice is life-giving and will always speak truth and life over you and will always invite you to be his child, his beloved child, and he'll invite you to spend eternity with him. Now that is a sense of truly being home. My prayer is that this would be your story.